Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
הכסר והכובד, הלקח והליבוב, המלוכו והממשו, לא לך אלוהי לאומי, הקריאו והקדושו, אורן ואורוי מימוס, השיר והשבח לך אלוהי לאומי, הכסר giants how can we even compare to elders wise and so pious but in this hour what person 
its power No generation has ever seen Do you know what one pure deed could mean? Do you know what one pure deed could mean? It could be you, it can be us What you can do is glorious The world is waiting to see It can be you, it can be us We know it's true, we have to trust It all depends on me It all depends on me Today the way you behave can make tomorrow's front page Is there anything you would change If you knew you were on the world stage? No more, no more escaping The world is waiting For you to hear the call Will you make the choice to change it all? Will you make the choice to change it all? It can be you, it can be us What you can do is glorious Across the planet, across the whole world. There's no denial that you're so vital to the people you come from. They're all hoping you'll be the one. יש לי תקווה בין הידיים, תופס אותך חזק שלא תיפול. יש בים של ניסיונות, יש בי עוד מקום לא לוותר, אני כאן מנצח, יותר כבר לא בורח. יש בי תקווה, ואש בוערת בעיניים, יש לי את הכוח, כי שופד השמיים. יש לי מעט, אבל יש לי הכל. 
את הכוח, לקום ולא ליפול.
Let's see. 
J.M. in the A.M. What a way to get back into the uh, groove here, right? With a great hour of amazing music. <laughs> it's me and Alchem Siegel live today from our New Jersey studio. Last time I spoke to you was from one of our Jerusalem studios. The Nefesh Benefesh studio is amazing, but the Friday studio just over the Shook was also pretty amazing. I think they're both considered uh, temporary studios in Jerusalem right now. What a great feeling that is, by the way. And to hear from all of you from around the world last week with your amazing donations and support and friendship was just remarkable and incredible, and I can't thank you enough. Ka'ayal done by Shlemy Gertner, Herschel Rosenberg's MS. You heard uh, Kochot done by Mendy Piamenta, Gershon Veroba with both Kikel Poel and Avarachamim. The medley uh, that was Avremo, Avram Fried, Bensi Marcus and Matovu, Tismach Ani with Sandy Shmueli. Aaron Abargi with Yeshbi Tikva. That's Aaron Abargil, rather. Yaakov Shweki's It Could Be You. Hashir Vashevach done by Mayor Gaffney. The Solomon Brothers had the Nigun with Shlomo Katz. And, of course, Regesh Modani opened things up, and we say good morning. Lots to tell you, everybody. Lots to tell you, to say the least. Good to be back. My big thank you to Avrami for taking care of yesterday's show. I didn't walk into the... Uh, into one of my temporary studios yesterday until 8 o'clock, and I just asked Avrami, I said, please, 
If you don't mind completing the show, I'll get started on Wednesday here with JM and AM. And he was, of course, gracious about that, and I thank him. A big thank you to Mayor Furtick for taking care of Monday, the official legal holiday for the New Year's. Thank you for, for the New Year, or New Year's, whatever. Uh, a big thank you to Mayor Furtick for that. And, of course, to Matis with a live JM Sunday on New Year's Day, which was really cool as well. So thank you, Matis. Thank you to Mayor. Thank you to Avrami. Of course, thank you to Mark Zamek and to Yoni Pollock and everybody who's always involved behind the scenes with so much. It is much appreciated. And, of course, a big, big thank you to uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who helped me on Thursday and Friday in Israel and uh, coordinated our very, very successful campaign, Baruch Hashem. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMM. Yerushalayim, Shah 2, Shalom Rav, Baulpan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Achshav. ועדת המינויים פסלה את המועמד של השרה מירי רגב למנכ״ל משרד התחבורה, למרות זאת השרה תביא את המינוי לאישור הממשלה, מדווח כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין. מטעמה של השרה רגב נמסר כי טרם קיבלה את החלטת הוועדה למינויים, אך אם זו אכן תחליט לפסול את מינויו של משה בן זקן לתפקיד מנכ״ל המשרד, רגב תביא את המינוי בכל זאת להצבעה בממשלה. כאמור, הוועדה בנציבות המדינה פסלה את משה בן זקן, לשעבר ראש המטה של רגב, מלכהן כמנכ״ל משרד התחבורה. הנימוק לפסילה הוא כי משה בן זקן מקורב לשרה, וממארגני הליכודיאדה אינו עומד בתנאי הסף הנדרשים למינוי התפקיד. אחרי עימות בין השניים, ראש הממשלה נתניהו החליט למנות את חברי הכנסת דוד ביטן לתפקיד יושב ראש ועדת הכלכלה. ביטן כזכור העביר ביקורת חריפה על התנהלות נתניהו במשא ומתן הקואליציוני ועל חלוקת העתיקים בליכוד. בכך מקווה נתניהו הצטמצם כיס ההתנגדות במפלגה של מאוכזבי חלוקת התפקידים. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב. היועצת המשפטית לממשלה גלי בהרב מיארה תגיש בעוד כשעה את תגובתה המלאה על העתירות נגד דרעי. היא הייתה אמורה להגיש את נימוקיה עד השעה אחת, אולם ביקשה מהשופטים הערכה כי מדובר במאות עמודי תגובה. כתבנו לענייני משפט אביתר בר-און מוסר שהיא צפויה לטעון כי זה לא סביר שאדם שהורשע בפלילים יכול לכהן כשר. מנגד נתניהו טוען באמצעות עורך דין פרטי כי ללא מינוי דרעי לשר לא תושג יציבות. הוארך בשלושה ימים ההצהרה של הסייעת החשודה בהתעללות בפעוטון בדרום תל אביב. השופטת התייחסה בהחלטתה לסרטונים והקלטות שהתקבלו במשטרה ופרסמה לראשונה כתבתנו אנה פינס, בהם החשודה מפגינה אלימות כלפי הפעוטות ואמרה, אלה מעשים חמורים. הנה דברים שאמרה בת אל, אחת האימהות בפעוטון. זוועה. לא העליתי על דעתי שזה פשוט יגיע אליי גם. לירוק לה בפרצוף, היא צריכה לסיים את החיים שלה בסורג ובריח, חד משמעית. והענישה פשוט צריכה להיות בהרבה הרבה יותר קשה לחסרי ישע. הם נטו חסרי ישע, הם לא יודעים לגונן על עצמם. מצמרר, מצמרר לחשוב שהבן שלי כל היום צריך לשמוע רק צעקות, דחיפות, בכי, צרחות. ההצפה בדרך השלום בתל אביב בעירייה מעריכים שתיקון התקלה יימשך עוד כארבעה ימים. ועד אז האזור יישאר חסום, מדווחת כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס. צינור מים עצום שהתפוצץ לפנות בוקר במהלך עבודות חברת החשמל גרם להצפה הגדולה בגבול תל אביב-גבעתיים ויצר סחף אדמה וחול. הקרקע עלולה להיות לא יציבה גם אחרי תיקון הצינור עצמו, ולכן הוחלט לסגור לבינתיים את דרך השלום מפינת יגאל אלון ועד פינת רבין בגבעתיים, כולל ברחובות החוצים. הציבור מתבקש להימנע מלהגיע לאזור. מחברת החשמל נמסר שקבלן חפירות של החברה שגה בנתוני מיקום ופגע בצינור המים. 
מכבי תל אביב בכדורגל הודיעה על מנויו של אייטור קרקנה כי מאמן הקבוצה החדש, קרקנה, בן 49, שיחק בעברו בריאל מדריד ושימש בין היתר כעוזרו של מוריניו בקבוצה. הוא יחליף את ולדימיר איביץ', שאמש הודיע על עזיבת הקבוצה ומעבר לרוסיה. ידיעה שמסר עורך חדשות הספורט עידן קבלר. ומזג האוויר מעונן חלקית וקר. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
Sometimes 
J.M. and the A.M. with Micha Gammerman. Uh, that's Yebe uh, Seder. Before that, Marabu. Yossi Rotner with um, Loef Chad before that here on a, uh, what is today? <laughs> here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at J.M. in the A.M. Fourth day of January, day number 11 in the month of Teves. Hope your fast was fast. Hope you did well yesterday on Asarba Teves. It was a little strange for me. I landed early in the morning. And even though we ate something on the plane, obviously, you know, before the fast actually started, uh, still your body is like, uh, you know, on Israel time. So I didn't eat until after midnight last night, meaning meaning I ate at five, whatever, whatever time the fast was over. But I was saying I didn't really, you know, my body thought it was uh, 
thought it was after midnight. Everybody get that point or not? <laughs> but trust me, I'm not looking for sympathy. I just found it interesting, that's all. Uh, but I hope the fast went well for everybody yesterday, and welcome to a uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM and AM. A big, big, big thank you. I don't know. I don't have any other way of saying it. We left the air on Friday, and I, you know, everybody was... And it's amazing how every one of these fundraisers works the same way when I'm involved, uh, especially in recent years when we've been doing the campaigns with Cause Match. Uh, we get to a certain point and just fall short of the goal by the time we leave the air. We had no choice on Friday. If we would have stayed on the air like we did last year, we probably would have made the goal, but we had no choice. We had to leave the air. We're Shabbos in Yerushalayim. So <laughs> it was not, a, uh, it was not a, uh, a choice of ours. And... Um, and and we're you know we're sitting there we're doing the show, and understanding that we have a hard stop at four oh one p.m. or nine oh one a.m. Eastern time, and our attitude basically was okay. There's seven hours in the United States for everybody to. Uh... What is going on here? Can't figure out what's wrong with this. Um. Oh, there we go. So there's, you know, so we figured there's, uh, you know, seven hours in the United States for people to still, you know, help us get to that goal. And uh, we got very close. I mean, we looked after Shabbos in Jerusalem, I believe. I don't remember the exact uh, amount. I think it was 98.3 or something like that, maybe even higher. When we looked right after Shabbos. And then, of course, on Matzei Shabbos, our dear friend Ralph Rosenbaum, God bless B and Ralph, uh, decided that six, since we were just under $700 short, uh, the Rosenbaums decided to put us at our goal. And uh, as Ralph said, a day after Friday, but still during 2022, because it was still 2022 in New York, um, we achieved the goal, and that's when we hit $100,000. And uh, even after that, I want to thank Silky Pitterman, who gave in my honor. I want to thank Karen and Lenny Friedman, who gave. Uh, that now we are over $100,000 in a campaign that's officially over. Zero hours left, zero minutes, zero seconds. And the year-end campaign for 2022, a great success. And I cannot thank you, our wonderful listeners, enough. As I said on Friday, we have two categories. Those who are able to and understand the importance of giving larger amounts. That makes up about half of the campaign. And then the, uh, the regular listeners out there who you know want to give as much as they can. And they give their 18 or their 54 or their 180 or 360 or 500 or whatever it might be. And they take us to the other half of the campaign. So I thank everybody for pitching in. Uh, it was an amazing number for this year-end campaign to have 250 donors, which was great. Oh, we have 249. All right. So we almost had 250. And I can't uh, thank all of you enough. So thank you all very, very much for your donations, for your support, for your friendship, for the love that you have for what we do. It is so, so appreciated. And here we are with a big thank you going out to uh, Avrami and uh, Matis and uh, Mayor Fertig and everybody who subbed during my absence. And, of course, a big shout-out to Yigal Siegel, who was my co-host and producer on Thursday and Friday in Jerusalem. And, uh, of course, to Avrami, who hosted yesterday and is always here for us <laughs> 24 hours a day. I could say almost seven days a week because since he's always taking care of things uh, when Shabbos is over for him in Yerushalayim, he never gets a straight 25 hours off, even though it might feel that way. He always has he always has the pressure 
of the show and the network on his shoulders. So I thank him for that. And, um, and a big thank you to Yoni for keeping everybody up to date on social media, especially with the year-end campaign and more. Much appreciated. Also, also, uh, many of you know that the reason we, the primary reason we were in Israel was not just to complete our year-end campaign in Jerusalem, was also to celebrate the engagement of Tamima Pilachowski and Yoshua Siegel. Uh, that was our main focus in the early part of the trip, certainly. Uh, Tuesday, we uh, landed in Israel and literally went straight to Mitzpah Yericho to have an amazing breakfast and wonderful encounter with the Pilachowski family. Then Tuesday night, we were back in Mitzpah Yericho for the L'chaim, for the, uh, for the um, impromptu engagement party. Uh, that happened on the Tuesday night. And uh, then we had an opportunity to uh, see the Hassan and Kala uh, on uh, Friday morning. We had a wonderful breakfast together on Friday morning. And I spoke with uh, I spoke with Tamima when we left on uh, Monday night, and um, we are getting ready for the for the big occasion for the gigantic and amazing celebration. A big shout out to the Pilachowski family, to uh, Aliza and Rabbi Uri, and of course to Moshe Pilachowski and all of his sisters. A big shout out. <laughs> it was good hearing Moshe on the air again, huh? That was quite a conversation, and uh, and we are back here. And the planning for uh, what will be, no doubt, an amazing and incredible celebration. So Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, we get to share all this amazing news and wonderful smachot with this incredible audience. You are all part of it. I know you feel part of it. I see it and hear it based on your uh, app comments and your emails and your phone messages. I, uh, I see how, just how much uh, incredible love all of you have uh, for what we do here and for our family and for now, our extended family. And uh, it's just incredible and amazing to celebrate all of this with you. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Bali Ayin Hara. JM in the AM on a Wednesday. We've got a couple of special guests coming up, including in hour number three, somebody I had a chance to finally spend some time with in Israel, Rabbi Natan Slifkid, who is uh, known as the Zoo Rabbi, but right now he's, uh, he's progressed to a much more illustrious title in the world of Judaism and animals, uh, his museum is spectacular. There's no other way of putting it. And we had the chance to be there. And today, I, I don't know what he wants to discuss, but I, I am going to focus on one point today. And that is that this audience often takes my recommendations when it comes to um, where to go in Israel. This is something we've discussed a million times. And there's a lot of vacation time coming up. Some of the schools in our community are off starting on the 11th of January. Some of our schools in our community are off starting the 18th of January, and some of our schools in our community are off even later in January than that, and some are off in February. So there's a lot of potential journeys to the Holy Land. And Rabbi Slifkin has this incredible museum, which I'll give you all the details coming up. You must make it a stop on your journey to Israel. You must make it a stop as you're traveling through the country. That's really my entire message this morning and he'll be joining us and we'll talk about that and much much more right here on a wednesday morning edition of jm in the am Shalom to the Lord, hey, 
J.M. and the A.M. with friends done by Mordechai Shapiro on a Wednesday morning broadcast. My name is Nahum Siegel, Rogers Park. Before that, with the uh, Kiva Simcha uh, selection here at J.M. and the A.M. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Hashem's forgiveness is extensive. It includes those sins which man commits directly against him, 
those sins against one's fellow man, ben Adam Lechavero, are not forgiven until the injured party has himself forgiven the perpetrator. That's the basis for seeking forgiveness before Yom Kippur from anyone who we may have wronged. Without that, proper atonement cannot be made. We learn that the descendants of Avram Avinu are forgiving. The quality of forgiveness was one of the gifts that Hashem bestowed on Avram Avinu and all of his descendants. Not only must we be ready to forgive the injurer, we should also daven that Hashem forgive the person who has sinned before even he asks for forgiveness. This is based on the example of Avram Avinu, who prayed to Hashem to forgive Avimelech. The story is told of the great rabbi of Brisk. He was once quietly traveling home on the train. He shared company with a group of people that were ignoramuses, people that were Jewish, that were playing cards. Bothered by his aloof attitude, one of the gang demanded that the rabbi join the game or leave the car. When the rabbi couldn't comply, the fellow got up, physically removed him from the train car. When the train arrived at Brisk, also where the group was getting off, they were shocked to see the throngs of people who stood there waiting to greet the great rabbi. Mortified, the offender ran over to him and asked for forgiveness, but it was denied. He couldn't be calmed down and he tried again in another time. Finally, he made contact with the son of the rabbi. He begged him for a way to resolve the matter. The boy was surprised at the uncharacteristic behavior of his father. He agreed to do whatever he could. He visited his father, went over the laws of forgiveness. Their discussion touched upon the law that a person should not turn away someone asking forgiveness more than three times. Taking his cue, the boy asked his father, What about that individual? He asked you to forgive him a number of times, but you didn't agree. He replied, Him? I can't forgive him. He didn't offend me, the Rabbi Abris said. He offended a simple Jew that he thought I was. Let him ask forgiveness from a simple Jew. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And again, my thanks to uh, Avrami and Mayer, Matis, Yoni, Yigal, everybody who had such a role in uh, taking over and doing shows and co-hosting, taking care of social media, Mark, everybody who continues to keep this network going on a daily basis. Good to be back here in our temporary New Jersey studio at JM in the AM. Well, our friends at JOMA, the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association, uh, we've spoken to um, representatives of JOMA on many, many occasions. They've had uh, quite an impact on uh, doing many things in, the, in our community when it comes to um, uh, medicine, updates, uh, giving us important uh, information, especially during COVID when we spent a, a good amount of time with them. Uh, they have a dinner and symposium coming up. Uh, it's happening in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. A doctor's night out this coming Saturday night. And then uh, Sunday, a science and medicine 
breaking down the headlines, Joma Annual Symposium. So their annual dinner 2023 is coming up and their annual symposium 2023 is coming up. And we are certainly encouraging everybody, especially those who are in the medical community, to join in and participate. With us live via telephone is Dr. Tal Weinberger. Dr. Weinberger is clinical associate professor and outpatient medical director for the Department of Psychiatry at the Sidney Kimmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. Dr. Weinberger decided to get involved with JOMA because having entered medicine with no orthodox female role model, she was fascinated by the idea of an organization of like-minded women sharing values and aspirations uniquely positioned to both provide valuable health education to the orthodox community and support young women entering the medical field. She serves as co-vice president on JOMA's board of directors and is co-chair of this year's annual symposium. Dr. Tal Weinberger, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. It seems that the work of an organization like yours is endless because there's always something new coming up, uh, some information that's got to be distributed and studied by uh, both your uh, colleagues and then eventually you know, spread throughout the community when necessary. It seems like the, it, you must be in a position where it seems there's always something happening, always something developing. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very, it's a very exciting and daunting opportunity. Um, and that's actually, I think, you know, like largely why we chose the topic that we chose for this year's symposium. Um, we're, we're really, um, we're taking like a lot of the really popular sort of like controversial hot button issues um, that happened um, in the news this year and we're trying to um, help people understand a medical perspective of, of, on them from a culturally sensitive perspective. And that would include which topics? What are the hot button topics this year uh, coming out of the pandemic and trying to uh, uh, both uh, uh, study and disseminate information to the community? So glad you asked. So, um, so, so the some of the topics we're going to be covering. Um, one of our sessions is um, is entitled "Restoring Trust and Preventative Health in the Orthodox Community," um, and that's going to be um, a panel of a number of. Um, medical professionals and representatives of the um of the community um who are involved in um in preventative health efforts are, are, are we are we worse than the general population in that area because the impression is two-sided the impression is we spend so much time at doctors yet the impression is that we're not taking <laughs> care of ourselves and getting the screenings that are necessary and certainly not getting the you know the 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 exercise regimen that's often necessary so are we good at this or are we bad at this that's a great that's a great question and i i honestly i don't i don't know the real answer to that you know i think what we're trying to address is you know kind of a lot of the um a lot of the sort of expressed um distrust in um and you know concern legitimate concerns about um about preventative health initiatives um that we hear you know kind of on the ground within the community right and toss in the, the additional stresses that often our community has on a family or community basis. And uh, that also, you know, increases the need for, for preventative health measures and being aware of them. 
Right, right, right. Absolutely. And so, yes, preventative health measures, meaning, you know, you know, you can do it. You know, you can do an entire symposium just on this topic, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. But you do have other topics. In fact, one of them that caught my eye is Orthodox Jewish women in leadership, the importance of mentoring. And you actually point out, I think I saw this in your bio. Uh, that when when you were going through the ranks in the medical community, you had very few, if any, Orthodox Jewish women who were, you know, mentors and capable of being role models. And that obviously now has changed. It's actually one of the reasons that Joma exists, as far as we know. Uh, what is the state of Orthodox Jewish women in the field of medicine? And uh, do you feel that you are recognized and respected the way other groups are? That's a really, really great question. I think we've made a lot of progress since I was, you know, applying to enter medical training. Um, but we certainly, certainly do really have a, a very long ways to go. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely become much, much, much more, you know, respected and acceptable. Um, but, you know, certainly, you know, I have to say, like, you know, I can't say that some of the old stereotypes don't um, don't persist sometimes. Um, and so we've got to we've, we've got some ways to go still. Yeah, I hear that. Then another one that caught my eye and one of the topics that's being highlighted on your uh, on your information here is physician burnout, not just another pre-round wellness session. Um, first of all, I, I, I don't know of a of a um, of an intense industry or line of work these days that doesn't have a burnout element to it. But we, as casual observers from the side, have seen what physicians and nurses have gone through over the last couple of years. Uh, what is the state of burnout in your profession? Is it something that's uh, just assumed by everybody, or is it much, much worse than other industries? That's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, certainly the, you know, the word on the street is that, you know, that, that physicians are, are burned out um, at, you know, at very, very, um, very high levels, as are, I think, a lot of other people. But we are, I think one of the gifts of the pandemic um, is that it's something that really we've, you know, we've, we've highlighted more, I think, it's particularly in medicine, but also in other fields that, you know, that, you um, um, we're, we're sort of paying, we're paying more attention to, to burnout, um, and, um, and really kind of giving it the attention it, it deserves. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I would assume even when you're not on call, you're still feeling, you know, sort of that pressure, that weight of being on call, I guess, different doctors and different, and different, you know, areas of medicine, you know, are, in fact differ. I mean, it depends, you know, what you're doing and the type of work you're in. Uh, those who are delivering babies probably never, you know, <laughs> never really get a good night's sleep. But uh, and, and there are many others, of course, as well. But uh, it, it, it's always that impression that there's always that that pressure that's hanging over you, uh, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Is that overstating it? Um, I mean, it really depends, like you said, on what area of medicine you're in. It also depends on um like what, um, like what setting you practice in. Um, so, I mean, there are, um, there are doctors that are like solo practitioners and they're really, you know, kind of exclusively responsible for their practice, whatever it may be at all times. And then there are people who are a lot part of larger 
organizations where there is fortunately, you know, and that includes me, there is fortunately a backup system um, where there is somebody else available and you don't have to be available 24-7. Right. So you can take a day off once in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Science and medicine breaking down the headlines. The Joma Symposium is this coming Sunday at the Hilton Hasbrook Heights in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Now, it's called science and medicine, but obviously you're geared to the orthodox world. It does seem, from what I have studied on your schedule for the symposium, that you are going to address some very serious halachic issues. Is, is that one of the intentions, to really update everybody on where science and medicine are vis-a-vis halacha? That's a great question. So we are not halachic authorities, and we are not in any way paskening halacha, or really even you know discussing um, our perspectives on the halacha. It's mainly our purpose is to talk about um, the medicine that kind of people are discussing in the headlines out in the world, and to discuss it from a you know from a culturally sensitive perspective. So, so if you're doing a session on on pregnancy termination, you're you're basically giving an update of what's going on out there, and and, and a halakhic question should be left for the halakhic decisors. Correct. Correct. Yes. The, yeah. The session on pregnancy termination is really going to target um, sort of we have three amazing, amazing experienced um, women within um, maternal fetal medicine, OBGYN, who are doing this this lecture. Um, and they're going to talk about um, sort of what they see, you know, kind of from a medical perspective and how, um, you know, how it has impacted our community. Wow. Unbelievable. I'll tell you. Uh, tell me about the dinner Saturday night. Is that strictly for uh, uh, medical personnel? Is it the same people that are going to be coming to the symposium? Is there a difference in the population for the two events? Yeah, no. So the the dinner is really um, is is for the community. Um, um, anybody can come. Um, and um, you know, we have a we have a wide range of people who are coming. Um, people's um, People's partners can come, um, and the um, the symposium is also is you know is is really geared more towards the medical population, just in terms of the you know the educational contents. All right, so let me give the details here. First of all, Dr. Weinberger is with us live via telephone. We're talking about the Joma uh, events for this coming weekend on Saturday night. It's a doctor's night out, but again, as you heard, everybody in the community is invited to attend. It's a night of celebration and networking called Doctor's Night Out at the Hilton Hasbro. Heights in Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. Begins at 8 p.m. We'll honor Evelyn Gross Lipper, Dr. Evelyn Gross Lipper. Again, that starts at 8 o'clock. Information at the website at joma.org. Anything you want to tell us about the honoree for that night, Doctor? Uh, so, uh, Dr. Lipper has been really, really a tremendous, tremendous support um, to us, and we we owe her really, really a tremendous debt of gratitude. She's been um, she's been just a tremendous advocate for us, um, and we're very, very, very grateful to all her support across you know multiple multiple initiatives in Gemma. Uh, the Science and Medicine Symposium, the annual Science and Medicine Symposium entitled "Breaking Down the Headlines," happens at the Hilton House. Hasbrook Heights in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, this coming Sunday from 7.30 in the morning until 5.30. We gave you some of the sample topics. I will tell you, folks, it's worth a trip to the website just to see all of the topics that they're going to be addressing in this symposium. We really could spend an entire hour on each and every one of them. So, So a lot of fascinating topics, a lot of very, very qualified people, to say the least. 
and you'll have an opportunity to uh, uh, explore a lot of the topics that have been in the headlines, a lot of the topics that everyone's talking about these days. To register, uh, there is a, a scan and a bit.ly address if you go online, but I'll do it the simple way. Uh, seek out the information by going to joma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org. Again, that's J-O-W-M-A.org for information. And um, uh, that stands for Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. Dr. Tal Weinberger, any other method uh, for people to easily register? Is the website the easiest way? Website is probably the easiest way. And uh, anything else you'd like to add regarding the people and topics that will be covered on Sunday? No, it's going to be amazing. We're really, really, really looking forward. Um, and please, please feel free to sign up and join. We'd love to have you. And again, the uh, the uh, umbrella for the uh, population uh, that uh, you're asking to attend is larger than people should think. If if people have have had a, even a a, uh, a secondary interest in these topics, they should uh, they should come. They'll find it fascinating. It's not only for the medical community, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The the symposium is really more geared, you know, towards the people who, you know, kind of have a medical background and focus, um, you know, and the, the dinner, um, anyone is welcome. And I wish you the best of luck with this and best regards to all our friends at Joma. Thank you so very much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. I thank you for that. Dr. Tal Weinberger is the uh, co-chair of the symposium. Again, Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. Go to the website. They have the Saturday night dinner. They have the uh, medical symposium on Sunday, which is fascinating. It's worth it, again, just to go to the website to look at the topics, to look at the titles, the topics, and the personnel that are going to be uh, addressing those topics. Uh, It sort of reminds everybody just where we've gotten to in 2023 on a a medical basis and uh, certainly within our our community. And uh, thank God for JOMA. They are are, um, uh, addressing the needs of uh, Jewish Orthodox women's Jewish Orthodox women in the uh, medical arena. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. I see you down. You're singing over. You just got no reason for dancing. A sudden tap. Your phone is ringing. And soon you're dancing and singing Shackles gone, it's an open highway In the blink of an eye we're on our way A little faith, a little trust in him And soon we're singing and dancing Give me a love,
J.M. in the A.M., that's Geula done by Eighth Day. Well, now I understand why some of our regular listeners, including our dear friend Ruvain Brick, are frustrated because I didn't realize that, and Avrami just updated me, I didn't realize that about uh, a half hour ago or so, maybe a little longer, we um, lost our connection. Then again, around uh, around the time everybody Goldwasser addresses us, we lost the connection. Ah, Ruvain Brick and I have a way of describing this whole thing. Sometimes the gremlins get involved. And why why they're involved this morning, I don't know. But let's hope that ends. Uh, anyway, we are we are here. We're alive, I, I think, and I hope. And we're broadcasting uh, here at JM&AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Don't forget Yassi's Wag with a Wednesday live lunch coming up. That starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time again. Yassi's Wag, Wednesday live lunch, Z-Report live lunch. It happens at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It is the 4th of January, the 11th of Teves. I hope your fast went well yesterday. I hope it was a fast fast, as we like to say. Hope that was good. And um, great to be here. It was wonderful to be in Israel and celebrate with the Pilachowski family. Spoke a lot about that last week. Those of you who missed my conversation with Yoshua Siegel last Thursday in Jerusalem, that was a pretty funny. That was a pretty funny bit as we talked about the uh, the very first times that uh, that he met Tamiba Pilajowski. So that was fun. Um, I want to thank Dr. Weinberger and again. Uh, a shout-out to the Joma organization. Their dinner is is Saturday night. Their uh, a symposium is Sunday. Joma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org. Easiest way to get information. If you're in the medical community, for sure you should check that out. And no matter what community you're in, just go online and see the incredible array of speakers and topics that they're covering. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Big shout-out to our friends at TABC. The annual dinner is tonight. Mazal tov to the Mandels and to all the honorees. The big TABC, Tower Academy of Bergen County, dinner is tonight. There will be some Siegel representation there, I am told. So uh, a very special mazal tov to all the honorees. And a special shout-out to TABC that we have been involved with, I think, since 2006. We've been TABC parents, maybe with a break or two. I'd have to figure that out. But it's basically been an, an amazing run since 2006. So a special thank you and a special shout-out to our friends at TABC. They deserve it, and uh, tonight's dinner, I'm sure, will be amazing. Uh, taking place here in Teaneck, New Jersey. And again, mazal tov to all the uh, honorees. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. 
very much appreciate all the comments from all around the world that we've been getting over the last few weeks, especially during our fundraiser. Listener Morris says, good morning, Nachum, and welcome back. What a way to start a morning. Was they with, oh, I guess he means with the super Shlomo. Oh, was that Shlomo Katz? Yeah, the first song we did this morning after Modani was the Solomon Brothers with Shlomo Katz. Morris says, have a great day. Tikva says, Boker Tov. The passing of Rav Drukman is a huge loss to the Jewish world and Israeli politics. She's 100% right, and I regretted that on Friday we didn't speak about it with Malcolm. That's something I have to correct this coming Friday, and in general, we have to find the right person to talk about Rav Drukman on the air and his amazing impact. He is certainly going to be missed, and thank you, listener Tikva. Um... Um, so <laughs> Ruby asks for all the NSN techies out there. Um, we used to say play Alchem Single Network on TuneIn Radio. That's not working. And Alexa says it can't find it. Anybody have any, any advice? Anybody out there who speaks to their, uh, what do you call an Alexa? A wireless iPad? I don't even know what you call it. Anyone who speaks to your to those um, electric electronic units that you have in your home and, and is successful at getting them to recognize the Nahum Siegel network, uh, let us know what it is you're saying to them because apparently it's an issue now that it's not as easy as it used to be. So let us know, and we greatly appreciate that. Has concert is coming up on uh, Sunday, this Sunday, January the 8th. Schleimi Steinmetz, the uh, well-known producer and CEO of the Pivot Group, is going to be producing the event. It's happening at NJ Pack. It is completely sold out. I, um, I think last night I saw online that there were, that there was maybe one category of tickets left, one of the VIP categories, and that is it. So a time for music 36 happens this coming Sunday night at NJ Pack in New Jersey. Very much looking forward to it. A big, big thank you to all the incredible sponsors, including the partners, J Drugs, Thank You Hashem, AmeriCare, Meridian, and the MB Glassman Foundation, and the tens of other sponsors at other levels that are involved. A special thank you to concert chairman Miles Berger, and again, producer Schleimi Steinmetz. It is going to be quite an event. If you are holding tickets, you're among the lucky ones because, as we keep saying, it is uh, essentially sold out at this point. A couple of tickets here and there in some of the VIP sections, and that's it. Who's in the lineup? I can tell you it's pretty impressive. Some of the information I'm told has already leaked out. Not from me. Trust me. I don't do that. (laughs) I don't leak information about it. But I can tell you that I've seen the list um, of performers that I'm going to be introducing on Sunday night, it is quite impressive, quite impressive. And it's not just, um, it is not just relegated to USA performers. There are people from around the world who are going to be coming in. So um, get ready. Hask 36, a time for music 36, is going to be pretty spectacular. And uh, last-minute information, of course, you can go to their website and see if you can get tickets at this point. But I believe that the 2,800-plus tickets are basically all accounted for at this point. Um, so there you have it. Very impressive lineup. Not limited to United States artists. Artists from other places in the world as well. Very impressive lineup. And I'm looking forward to introducing some great 
and wonderful voices and uh, talented performers this coming Sunday night. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
JM in the AM, a couple from Eitan Freilach. You heard Lahodos and Me'es Hashem here on a JM in the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast. A big thank you to everybody who made our 2022 campaign such a success. The year-end campaign went really, really well. We hit the goal. and that's uh, That was what we predicted when we left the air at 95% on Friday. We said that our American listeners would get us to the top. And Saturday night, B and Ralph Rosenbaum got us exactly to the top. And we can't thank them and all of you enough. Hundreds of donors, a 100% uh, goal achieved. And uh, all I can say is thank you to everybody who has the faith in us to just keep on going at our very best every single day of the year. Much appreciated. And um, those of you out there who are uh, regular listeners of ours, please encourage others to join us. Please encourage others to uh, be part of this incredible listening experience, this incredible community that, as we've determined, and as we always thought, but we proved again over the last couple of weeks, is such an international community at this point. My gosh. The number of cities here in the United States, the number of places and people from Israel that we heard from, it is really a transatlantic effort that's being tuned into every single day. And that makes us feel pretty amazing, frankly. Um Mrs. Aliza Polachowski said to me that she, and, and this is, you know, it's so funny. This was a dream of mine when we put the the uh, encore of JM and the AM at midnight Eastern time. It was my dream that people would wake up in Israel and have a JM and the AM to wake up to. It would be from the day before, but okay, you know, so what? And she told me that often that's what she does, is that she listens during her morning commute. And it's just, it's like a dream come true for us when, when things that we planned and hoped that people would take advantage of are, in fact, happening that way. So a very special thank you to everybody out there who's uh, tuned in, who's supporting, who's proud of what we're doing, and is spreading the word. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. More coming up. Baruch Levine, JM in the AM. <laughs>
it's fun. I can't wait for the big day. Till I find out that my parsha is by Yakil and Kudai. I don't know if I can ever hope to lay it right. J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning, Lo'alecha, done by uh, Baruch Levine here on a Wednesday broadcast at J.M. in the A.M. Well, it's amazing to be back here in uh, our temporary New Jersey studio. And I thank everybody again who uh, made our end-of-year campaign such a success. And I thank our wonderful staff and volunteers for taking over in my absence especially Avrami and Mayer and Matis and Mark and Yoni and everybody who had a role. Yigal, everybody who had a role in keeping this network going strong. Yossi Zweig, who has a uh, live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Everybody pitches in to keep this network as strong as possible, and I greatly appreciate that. Well, while we were away, in fact, when Mayor Ferdig was on the air, I actually called in. I don't think I made this clear at that point, 
where I was exactly. Uh, but uh, when um, when Mayor Furtick was on the air and I called him with the big Mazel Tov wish of what had happened the night before, Yoshua Siegel and Tamima Pilachowski's engagement, it was from the uh, front area of the Biblical Museum of Natural History. That's where I was speaking to you from. And um, Rabbi Slifkin, who founded the museum, and was kind enough to give us an amazing tour uh, last week, um, he's, he's joining me live via telephone this morning here at JMM. And frankly, as I said earlier, we could discuss anything, and certainly anything about this incredible uh, museum. Uh, but I really have only one purpose um, in terms of my conversation with Ray Slifkin this morning. There are a lot of people in this audience that starting the 11th of January are going to be traveling to Israel during yeshiva break. There is another group of people starting on the 18th of January that are going to be traveling to Israel for their yeshiva break. And there are a lot of other people who later on in January and in February are going to be traveling to Israel for their yeshiva break or vacation um, that they might have. And all I am saying to everybody out there is you must, must, must put the biblical museum of natural history in your itinerary. Simple as that. Rabbi Natan Slifkin, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Hey, Nathan. Great to be back. Uh, I'm sure you echo my words. You highly recommend oh. that anybody listening put the museum, the Biblical Museum of Natural History, on their itinerary. For those who think that it is a fledgling startup, they've got to come see what you've created and what this has become. It is an incredible building with beautiful displays and exhibits, great tours. I had the honor of having your tour. And it, it's just a phenomenal way for a family and a group to spend a day. Rabbi Slifkin, you sometimes must marvel when you look at the facility at just where at just to what point you've gotten uh, after its creation years ago uh yes that is true and it was it was much more difficult to make it than i could ever have imagined but uh, at the end thank god we are very very happy with the result if one were to ask you, which I'm about to, what the goal of the museum is, why primarily does the museum exist, what would you say? Basically, it's to inspire and thrill and educate people about the connection between Torah and the animal kingdom. And to show that you know, part of being a Jew, you know, aside from Jewish identity, is not only Yom Kippur and Shabbos and all those things, but also... Lions and crocodiles and, and, and bears, these are also part of our cultural identity as Jews, part of the Torah, and, um, and, and learning about them helps us lead a more inspired and knowledgeable lives as Jews. You know, it's funny because if, if you'd, and this is, this is no one's fault, this is the progression of our history. If you were to ask, especially the younger people who may not be able to, you know, process certain things about how things work in our tradition and the ways we worship, uh, what type of involvement animals have in our tradition, they would probably think very limited. When, of course, in the times of the Beit HaMikdash and the times of yesteryear, uh, it, it was such a common thing for animals to have a very important role in the way we worship and in the way we go about our day-to-day -day activities. I, I know we're not blaming anybody for this. This is, this is the progression of history, but I would think that additionally one of your goals would be to remind everybody that historically uh, animals play such an important part in our tradition. Well, well, exactly. I mean, this week's parasha, you know, in Yaakov's brachas to his, 
to his kids. So uh, half of them are symbolized by different animals. Uh, and that shows you the, uh, the significance that these animals played, played in, our, in our lives. And uh, one of the goals in the museum is showing how, in particular, you know, with the animals uh, of Eretz Yisrael, the region of Eretz Yisrael, you know, the, uh, of our ancient homeland, those were the animals that formed part of our identity. And uh, now that we, we're back in Eretz Yisrael, we're able to regain familiarity with these animals. You know, I don't want you to give away the entire tour on the air, Rabbi Slifkin. Again, my primary goal this morning is to remind people to go to the website and to uh, find out more information and to schedule a visit uh, to your museum. Uh, but could you give us one example of location? Uh, one of the primary things that people will be uh, will be um, uh, seeing and hearing about on their tour is that location where Israel is had a lot to do uh, with uh, some of the things uh, regarding our traditional vis-a-vis animals. Could you give us one of those examples, please? Well, yeah, one simple example: the Nesher, the king of birds, and the Mishnah famously tells us, Kal Kanesher, the light of the Nesher to serve Hashem. You know, so first of all, most people think Nesher is an eagle, and that makes it very difficult to understand. You know, eagles, they're very heavy birds. Uh, but in fact, uh, as Ramban points out, is the Nesher of Tanakh is in fact the griffin vulture, magnificent bird, highest flying bird in the world, to 37,000 feet. Uh, and once you realize that and understand how they soar to such heights on the thermals, on the hot currents of air, without even having to flap their wings, because their wings are so massive, they can just glide upwards, then you realize that the Mishnah is telling us that rise, what it says to be as light as a, as a nesher, it's not talking about how much the bird weighs, it's talking about how it flies, right. that it flies up so lightly and effortlessly, uh, so too we should rise up to serve Hashem, you know, graciously, effortlessly, not with a, a moan and a groan. So it's only by understanding that it's which bird in Eretz Israel that it's speaking about that we can understand the symbolism and what the Mishnah is trying to teach us. I love it. Just love it. Rabbi Dr. Natan Slifkin is with us live via telephone, founder and executive director of the, uh, of the, let me get the name in Hebrew correct, Mozion HaTeva HaTanachi, the Biblical Museum of Natural History. Information, by the way, those of you out there who already have had their interest peaked, and if you're planning a trip, especially if it's an upcoming trip, like one in January or February, and you're wondering what to do with the kids and what to do with the family, go to biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Again, biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Is it difficult to get... uh, to get the animals and displays for a museum like yours, or would it, would it be fair to ask that question to any museum curator? Oh, it was very complicated. We brought in stuff from all over the world, and, and I'm not sure if the listeners realize, but uh, you know, as you saw, the museum has basically got two sections. One is with the non-live exhibits, you know, the taxidermy, right. uh, the, the life-size models. That's where we have you know, the lions and the hippos and the elephants and the crocodiles. And then there's the whole live section of it with all the live exotic animals which, uh, you seem to have an interesting reaction to some of our live animals. <laughs> you know, when you go ahead and you allow a 110-pound python around your neck, you really can't be subject to that much criticism, Rabbi Slifkin. <laughs> <laughs> After I was very impressed with you. There are, there are some people who are too afraid, but you, uh, I could see you overcame your fear, and, and you, you held that 15-foot python. Stacy Siegel was determined to uh, make sure I overcome my fear, and sure enough. And what's interesting about that is, you know, when you see a snake or a python or a boa or anything that size, 
you don't realize, even when you're told it's 110 pounds, you don't realize how heavy it is until you actually touch it and hold it. Yeah. It's extraordinary. And, you know, yep. we, we spend so much time, thank God, um, acknowledging uh, the incredible world that God created, not that uh, he needs our, uh, you know, endorsement. Uh, but we do spend a lot of time talking about the, uh, you know, so- someone's athletic ability, natural ability, the the views of the world, you know, the Swiss Alps and the Grand Canyon and everything else. It, it, you you have to have such an, and I know this is a little bit off topic, but you have to have somewhat of an additional appreciation when, in fact, you do interact with a hundred and ten pound python and say to yourself, "My God, this is just one of millions that God created." Right. Exactly. That's um, the part of the museum's goal. You know, we have nearly 100 species of live animals, and a lot of them are things that people, when they're coming into the museum, they not necessarily uh, think they're going to be able to appreciate. But by the time they've gone through the tour, you know, they're holding the gigantic lizards, you know, the, uh, the, the enormous stick insects, uh, the snakes, all the different things. And they've really been able to, you know, gain a new appreciation for these things. Yeah, and then, and then all the... All the uh, the relationships that these these animals, kosher and not, have you know mm-hmm. toward our tradition is is pretty remarkable. There are a couple of things yeah. that I, I took a photo of the, and we're not going to do this today, but I hope one day you will do this with me, maybe on your next visit to the United States. You have uh, a, a, an incredible list of of psukim from the Torah. Forget about Tanakh, where I'm sure it's even more vast, obviously, but psukim from the Torah directly related to how we are supposed to treat animals. And many of us think it's only yeah. one It's only one or two, but it's so many. There's so many rules yeah, and regulations. Yeah, 18 regular, different mitzvahs. 18 mitzvahs just from the Torah, yeah. 18 mitzvahs mm-hmm. that one could put under the category of how one is supposed to care for animals. Yeah. That's a great quiz, by the way. Those teachers out there, you should do that with your students. You should see if they can come up with 18 because I start with one or two and then say, what, are there more than that? And sure enough, when you see that list, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, All right, Rabbi Dr. Natan Slifkin, all I could do at this point is encourage our listeners to come and visit you, frankly. I hope that you're anticipating a very big January and February from people from the United States. You know that Yeshiva Break is a very, very uh, big deal here and that a lot of people, because of the post-pandemic era, are trying to use the opportunity to get with their families to Israel. What is the easiest way for someone to make sure they have secured a reservation at the Biblical Museum of Natural History? Easiest is to book on, use our online booking system biblicalnaturalhistory.org. That's the easiest way to do it. And that's it. People can go there, get their tickets, and be guaranteed that they'll be able mm-hmm. to visit, visit you, get a tour, and do some of the stuff that yep. we were able to do and learn so much. It's a, an area that we don't spend enough time with. You know that, uh, thank God, Rabbi Slifkin, and I know you know this, thank God we spend a tremendous amount of time uh, teaching Chumash, Tanakh, hopefully schools out there are teaching Tanakh, Talmud, Mishnah and Talmud, certainly. We spend a lot of time making sure that our students have experiential uh, education in those areas and obviously pl- plenty of of, uh, of um, uh, inside the books education in those areas. But I think they're not getting enough education in an area like the one that you're in charge of in Israel. So if we can help promote that and get kids involved and adults involved in something like this, it's only to the benefit of our community. Right. Well, you know, Rambam says that it's not just uh, a sin to eat non-kosher food. It's actually a mitzvah to know how to tell apart kosher and non-kosher animals. So, in, for example, in our hall of kashrut, where you can actually, you know, see what the different kosher animals and, uh, and birds and fish and insects look like, you're actually fulfilling that mitzvah. 
And you might be shocked at which birds are kosher or non-kosher. You might be shocked at which fish are kosher or non-kosher. In fact, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a spoiler here because I, I learned right. I learned something about the the uh, uh, the world of the fish uh, regarding kosher or non-kosher when I was standing there in your museum. That's right. After all these years, folks, I learned it right there uh, in Israel. Uh, uh, but everybody out there has an opportunity to really explore and uh, and see what it's all about. And if you're talking about fins and scales on fish, or if you're talking about uh, split hooves and chewing cud when it comes to animals, you'll see, actually see, what we're talking about right there in the museum. It's a very valuable lesson for people of all ages. Well, uh, Rabbi Slifkin, as you see, I'm very enthusiastic about your institution. <laughs> <That's> your... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, did, you, did you take home the jar of... Uh... How, how glad I am that you mentioned that. I am married to someone who could not agree that we should schlep home a jar of kosher locusts. And by the way, that's another one. It's not just fish you might be surprised are kosher, not just birds you might be surprised are kosher. There are locusts that are actually kosher. And you explain all of that there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's a bit of a shocker for people, but it's there's different uh, practices about whether you can eat them today, but... Uh, Certainly people are surprised to see that explicitly in the Torah, locusts are kosher. We do know which the kosher types are. You know, it's funny. There were two women on that tour. So my wonderful wife yeah. is, say, is saying to me, I don't think there's a need for us to take home the kosher locusts. And the other woman in the tour was saying, yeah, we get the kosher locusts on a regular basis, and they're really good and really cool. So <laughs> so you have the whole gamut there, Rabbi Slifkin, right. <laughs> of people who have not yet decided to explore the kosher locusts and those that seem to be doing it on a regular basis. And uh, you've had... Well, my, my, wife is, uh, my wife is locust intolerant. She's not so into them either. All right, there you go. I feel much better about this now. But you can tell us that that they do have some taste to them or not? Nah, not really. I mean, you know, a crunchy on the outside and a chewy center, but it doesn't really have much taste. Do you know I love your honesty? Because even you're ready to say it's basically a shtick. Like, you know, like if if you're... No, it's a very healthy food. It's an extremely uh, healthy, nutritious food, and that's why... Um, you know, the company is doing raising locusts for protein powder and so on. But uh, I wouldn't say it's a tastiest thing. But, you know, it depends how you prepare them. Dip them in chocolate and, uh, and it tastes much better. Amazing. Well, then you do use, lose a little bit of the health benefit. <laughs> I'll tell you the things I learned by going to the Biblical Museum of Natural History. By the way, folks, a big shout out to our good friend Toby Finkelstein. That's right, from Avrami and Toby, because she arranged for us to have the uh, incredible time at the museum uh, last week. And those of you out there who want to have a similar experience, it's very simple. There's a book tickets tab when you go to biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Again, biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Go there, reserve your place, and uh, especially now, as I said, because so many people are planning family trips to Israel during yeshiva break, take advantage of the opportunity. Rabbi Dr. Natan Slifkin, anything else you'd like to add, sir? Uh, no, just we look very much forward to hosting our visitors, and uh, we're we're confident that everyone who comes has an absolute whale of a time. Everybody, it's just a, it's it's an experience that combines a tremendous amount of education with an enormous amount of fun. Whether they interact with a whale or not, they're going to have a whale of a time. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you, Rabbi Slifkin. Always a pleasure. Thank, thank you again you. for your hospitality. <laughs> thank you so much, Malcolm. There he is, Rabbi Dr. Natan Slifkin, biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Spread the word. You probably have people in your life who are wondering what to do in January and February with the kids when they get to Israel. They're probably struggling right now with what to add to their itinerary. Lead them to the site, biblicalnaturalhistory.org. 
it's a couple of hours of just an exhilarating experience. Simple as that. More coming up. It's a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Uh, again, a big thank you to those who uh, made our year-end campaign such a success last week. Much appreciated. And um, and again, a thank you to everybody who uh, stepped in to make sure that we were on the air every single day with amazing programming. Much appreciated for that as well. More coming up. You're listening to Joey Newcomb on JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with uh, Mordechai Shapiro. That's uh, called Mode here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, let's see what we did before that. B'nai Melach done by Joey Newcomb. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Great to have you here on a Wednesday. Hello to everybody t- listening from around the world. I don't know how often in the last 40 years I ever thought I'd be saying that, but now it's so evident. We have so many listeners in so many different places. And as you go on those January and February yeshiva break and uh, other winter vacations, Schlep us along. Make sure you've got the NSN app with you. Pretty good feeling being in your hotel room thousands of miles away and tuned into JM and the AM. Both for those who want to hear what's happening, you know, back home, so to speak, in this area, and those who want to be connected to everything Jewish, especially having to do with Israel. It's really amazing to uh, to be able to... Um, To speak to people literally around the globe. Pretty, pretty incredible. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Judy Landy says, Bill, big welcome back, Nahum. Great and amazing music selections today. Thank you, Judy. Sandy says, keep in mind, Rifka Naomi Bashula Mishana undergoing major surgery today. Again, Rifka Naomi Bashula Mishana. Major surgery today. Please keep that in mind. Schwiger says, Boker Tov, welcome back. Baruch Hashem, your absence from the airways was for a wonderful reason. We're also thrilled for the young couple and the mishpacha. May we keep sharing each other's smachot for many years to come. Amen to that. Um, ooh. Chaya says, let us know. Let visitors to Israel know is there bus transportation from Yerushalayim to Rabbi Slifkin's museum. Now, I'm thinking Yes. I really got to check with Avrami and Toby about this. I am thinking, yes, that there is bus service, but I got to find out. Good question. I mean, they're in Beit Shemesh, so if you literally get to anywhere in Beit Shemesh, you're minutes away. Um, but we'll try to find that out. Um, Morris says, the big question is, did Aliza listen to Jam Nam before you looked like you were becoming family? LOL. Yeah. It actually is a funny question, but uh, I'm proud to say she was a listener way before we thought that Tamima and Yehoshua were going to be getting married. In fact, way before Tamima and Yehoshua knew each other. How do you like that? That is a good question, though, listener, Morris. I like that. Um, Shira's mom says, I went this summer with some, with a Samchenu group. was most impressive and enjoyable. Uh, an obvious reference to by Slifkin's museum. Thank you, Shira's mom. Yeah, it is, it's impressive, all right. It's impressive. It's enjoyable. 
it's a good atmosphere. It's a really good atmosphere, especially for those who are, you know, in that vacation, you know, got some time mode. It's a tremendous atmosphere. So Kolakavo to uh, Rabbi Natan Slifkin and his incredible staff, which, as I said, includes the one and only amazing Toby Finkelstein. JM in the AM with Simcha Liner here on a Wednesday.
Yeah. Uh-huh. 
قهدش بگیر بی لحف تاهای برالی یلوی کیم برو وقت نخواهیم قهدش بگیر بی with Leif Tahar wrapping up a Wednesday Ari Goldwag before that our brothers and sisters in Israel we are with you with your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app Yassi's Wag Wednesday live lunch Z-Report Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here at the NachumSegal Network make sure to be tuned in Has concert is Sunday. I have the honor of uh, serving as host again, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you to the folks at Hask for including me. It'll be at NJ Pack this coming Sunday. You can go to their website, see if any tickets remain. It doesn't seem that way, but feel free to check it out. Go to the uh, website and see if any of the... uh, There may be some VIP tickets still left. Everything else, I believe, has been sold out. Great lineup. Looking forward to a great night Sunday night. And the more details, I guess, afterwards, since they're very restrictive on the details beforehand. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, it's Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.